some anger and unforgiveness and such. I was crying out to the Lord. And I'm looking to the Lord, I'm saying, God, I, I don't want to walk in this. I don't want to walk in this. I'm struggling with this. In some interpersonal stuff. And, and, I, and I, um, I came to the Lord, and, and I, I'm really good at telling the Lord what, what, what's wrong with other people, you know. But God, but God they, they're doing this, or they didn't do that, or da 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 right? But I know it's, it's, something's not right there, and so I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm seeking the Lord on it. And uh, already, by the way, I'd already been really meditating on 1 Corinthians 13 and chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, something I've been, been saying, Lord, I want to have not just, it's kind of a metaphor, but I've been telling the Lord, I don't want to just have like one tree of fruit of the Spirit. I want to have a harvest. I want to have an orchard. You know? so I want more of you, more of you. So I've been seeking the Lord on some specific things like that. And as I was doing that uh, and just asking the Lord to help me, all of a sudden, I realized something so simple. That me saying, well, they do that and I don't do that, all of a sudden I realized, that's pride. To think I'm better than someone else, I'm not doing it and they are. All of a sudden I realized I'm judging. You say, that's so simple, Dave. Yeah, and I'm so dense, I need the Holy Spirit's help. I do. I know you're better than that, but I'm not. I'm not. And I can see the scriptures right there, plain as day in front of me. Do not judge. But I do it anyways, don't I? And all of a sudden I realize that those thoughts, those feelings in me, I realized that was the flesh. All of a sudden, it was a couple weeks ago, I realized, oh, that's the flesh. Now, what did I begin to do? I began to do what we always do, what I try to do, what we teach you to do. I teach it, but I have to live it. I began to say, Lord, that's not who I am. I'm not a debtor to the flesh. Lord, I thank you that you lead me by the Spirit. I thank you that you've exposed this in my life. That, that thought right there, that's pride. Oh, man, God, that thought right there, that's judgment. And I began to expose what that is. I began to say, no, that's what that is. That's judgment. That's pride. And I'm not one who walks in the flesh. I walk in the Spirit. And I began to use the Word of God as my weapon, of course, right? I began to say, no, wait, Lord, my Spirit's willing. I will to do good, like I led us in praying last Sunday. I, I will to do good. And so, Lord, I choose by, by Your grace, I choose to walk in the Spirit right now. I choose to walk in love. And I went back to 1 Corinthians 13. I go back to Galatians. What am I doing? The Word. It's not complicated, is it? It's not, forgiveness is not hard. If you walk in the Spirit. Forgiveness is hard when you walk in the flesh. But I needed the Holy Spirit's help to see the pride in me and then to deal with it. And I'm not done, right? I'm not done. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm finished. No, I'm, I'm going after it. I'm going after 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going after Galatians. What am I doing? I have the Word of God right there for me, ready for the Holy Spirit to teach me, right? And then I have the Holy Spirit's help to see what's wrong and how to implement it, right? Lord, what does kindness look like? Okay, Lord, what does humility look like? Lord, what does forgiveness look like? How do I do this, Lord? How do I change the, my attitude? How do I change my tone? How do I change the way I talk? How do I change my perception? Watch, as I continue just to go after the Word, and I align myself, and I walk in the Spirit, I start walking in that humility, and that kindness, and that forgiveness. And my perception changes, and my attitude changes, and the way I talk change, and then my relationships change. That's how you get a breakthrough in the Lord. But do you see, see how, what's going on here? I, we have the Word, but I also needed the Holy Spirit. Does it make sense a little bit? Right? <clears throat> so, but here's the thing. 
A lot of times we, I think a lot of times people will think that God will, uh, God speaks in this audible voice, kind of like with the Cosby thing. A lot of times people think, well, I, I don't hear God like that. But see, there's a misunderstanding about that. Yes, God does speak audibly. And yes, sometimes God speaks profoundly. And some of you here have experienced that, and some of you haven't. But the misconception is that he speaks that way all the time. The misconception is that if you don't hear God with some audible voice or some profound experience, that you don't hear God. And that is a lie. In fact, in the Bible, I've already showed you that in the Bible, people were led by the Bible, right? People, I've showed you that. If you, don't, if you didn't catch those sermons, listen to them. People in the Bible read the Bible. And people in the Bible were led by the Spirit and had the Holy Spirit say things to them. And yes, sometimes they had an audible voice from God. But oftentimes we take that wrong, often I think religious mindset about how God communicates and we superimpose it on the stories of Scripture and we assume that. Like we assume that Noah had that experience like Noah build an ark. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that he heard an audible voice. Now we know like with Moses, he, there was a burning bush and the, God's, the bush spoke to him. You know, no, the God, God spoke to him through the bush. We know that. We know people have had angelic encounters, right? Where angels come. We know that God speaks in dreams or in visions. A vision is like you're, you're awake and you see something either like with your eyes closed or with your eyes open either way. There's a lot of different ways God communicates, but... Did you know that in the Bible, people in the Bible, and of course nowadays, they didn't always hear an audible voice, they didn't always get a dream or a vision, that actually one of the key ways that God will speak to us and lead us and guide us is by what we just saw in Romans right there, the witness of the Spirit. Oftentimes we'll, kind of in our language, and even sometimes some of the language in the Bible I'll show you, is we'll say things like, sometimes we'll say things like, I feel like God is saying this, or I think God is saying that. I try to avoid words like feel, because it has a connotation of emotions. God's not a feeling. He's not enthusiasm. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit's not excitement or feelings. And even sometimes we'll try to discern what God is saying in our feelings. Like if we feel like it's God or if we don't feel like it's God. And oftentimes that's very fleshly. Oftentimes we're in the flesh, like, like Paul's saying. We're not debtors to the flesh. We haven't given a spirit of fear. But oftentimes we're trying to hear God and we're full of anxiety or fear or unforgiveness. We're, well, how, how are you supposed to hear God? How are you supposed to discern the will of God if you're in the flesh? If you're in that kind of fear or anxiety or worry or anything like that. He, he, he doesn't speak to us with feelings, although it might, you might feel something. And, 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 he, and He doesn't just speak to us with thoughts. Sometimes I hear people say things like, well, I knew it was God because I just had this like random thought. I wasn't thinking about it, and so I knew it was God because it was a random thought. Really? Really? That's how you discern what God is saying to you? Well, man, I've had some really random thoughts before. Yeah, you're laughing because you know they were dumb or sinful. I've had, maybe it was an attack of the devil or maybe just my flesh, you know, I'm driving in my car and I get some random 
judgmental thought come flying through my head. Wow, that was just so out of left field, it must have been from God. Of course it wasn't God. We do this all the time, don't we? How do you know? And you're like, oh, dang it, that was my one way to know. No. Now, isn't it true, isn't it true, though, that at times when God will speak to you, you'll sense something or feel something? Yeah. Isn't it true that sometimes when God speaks to you, it was something that you weren't thinking? Yeah, absolutely. But how do you really know it was God? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that that open door is God? That circumstance is God. So many people, they're led by signs and open and closed doors. How do you know that that's God? How do you know that the devil didn't open that door? How do you know that circumstance wasn't just something random? How do you know that that closed door is not something God wants you to kick down? People, well, it's a closed door. God closed that door. How do you know the devil didn't close that door? And God wants to use your steel toe boots in the spirit to kick it down. How do you know if that sign was from God or just some random car that drove by, you know? Uh, the third car, if it's red, oh, it's God. No. That's manipulative. That's borderline witchcraft, right? That, we're not supposed to be led by signs. We're not supposed to try to manipulate God. We're not supposed to be led by circumstances, open and closed doors, our own intuition. So how do you discern that it's the Lord? What I'm saying here is the principle is His Spirit witnesses to your spirit. Even if you hear words, His Spirit is speaking it or witnessing it to your spirit. Now, Paul in Romans 8 is specifically talking about how the Lord will witness to your spirit that you're a child of God, but it's so much more to that. That's how He'll lead you so often. That's how He'll lead you. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 2, I don't want to spend much time on this chapter, but if you want to read this more, uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 2, Verse 13, he says, These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, uh, or carnal, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Then he goes on and he says, The spiritual judges all things. Those who are walking in the Spirit, those who have been born again and they're walking in the Spirit, they're able to discern what the Spirit is saying. Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit will teach us mysteries, spiritual realities, spiritual truths about God, about our inheritance. He'll talk to us about the future, about truth, about, about what He wants us to do, where He wants us to go, decisions that we need to make. We see this in the Bible, we see this in our own lives, that God wants to lead us. And what does he do? He takes spiritual things and he communicates it to us in spiritual words. That's what Paul means. That's, the, that's how you can interpret the phrase comparing spiritual with spiritual. He's saying uh, communicating spiritual realities in spiritual words. And he's saying that when you're in the flesh, when you're carnal, when you're, when, when you're walking in your natural human reasoning or human emotions, like you're getting all caught up in anxiety or, or you're being led by money, you're saying, oh, well, oh, I can't do that because, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't have the money to do it, right? If you're getting all anxiety, anxiety, anxious or, or pride or you're afraid of what people think of you or, or whatever, that will shut down your ability to hear God. You'll hear the Lord and you'll think, that's just silly. And that's kind of, you know, Cosby got one thing right. When God tells us to do things for him, it often seems crazy at first, like building an ark. That, that's one thing I think Cosby got right, that oftentimes if we're in the flesh, we're thinking, Come on, Bob, stop messing around with me, right? You know? Just like Cosby, he's thinking, who's really doing this? Who's talking to me? We often think, 
We, you know, God will tell you to do something, you're like, I rebuke you, Satan, or something, you know? Because it just seems like, I don't want to do that. But that's our flesh. Our flesh says, man, that's foolishness. Our flesh says, I don't want to do that. But in our spirit, if we'll learn to walk in the spirit, this is the number one thing we've got to do. We've got to learn how to walk in the spirit and to distinguish between the spirit, what's the spirit, and what's the flesh, so that we can discern what the spirit is saying to our spirit. The Spirit witnesses to our spirit. So we'll say things like, I feel that the Lord is saying, or he, I, I, the, the Holy Spirit will prompt me. You know, I, I sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, he does not communicate with words. So don't, don't walk around. I've said this to you before. Don't walk around saying, well, I don't hear God. No, 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 please. I'm, I'm encouraging you. No, speak the truth over your heart. Thank you, Lord, that he leads me by his Spirit. You can say, hey, I, I really don't know what the Lord's saying right now. I haven't discerned it yet. But... When you do, we often use language like, well, I, I, I sense him saying. I've discerned him saying this. I, I sense a prompting or a leading from the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, it might be a word. He might say a word. He might say a sentence. He might say nothing. It could be a dream or a vision. It could be a prophetic word. But listen, even if, even if God gives you a prophetic word from a person, you because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, need to discern whether it's from the Lord or not. And you need to discern how to implement that word. See, let me show you how some of this works in, uh, in, in the Bible. I'm just going to focus in on one story here uh, from the book of Acts with the Apostle Paul. And so if you'll turn to Acts 16, if you want, want to. But uh, the Apostle Paul, we've talked about him a little bit already, this kind of stuff is all over the Bible, but I, I just want to try to illustrate it for you here. You'll remember that, let me, let me give you a quick background real quick, but you remember we talked about the fact that the Apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus when he got saved, and Jesus spoke to him. So, I mean, wow, what a profound experience to have Jesus speak to you. Awesome. And in that, Paul got an initial sense of his calling to preach the gospel. But over 14 or 16 years of Paul's early Christian walk, I showed you in the Word that God spoke to Paul from the Bible. That Paul understood his calling to go plant churches around the Roman Empire to different ethnic groups, and Paul gained this desire and this strategy to plant churches in every city. He got that primarily from the Bible and from how the Holy Spirit witnessed that to, to him from the Bible. So I showed you that in the scriptures that Paul literally quoted a verse from Isaiah to say, this is my calling. This is what God has told me to do. So he had an audible voice experience, but he also had the Bible. God will often do that. He'll, he'll, he'll speak in more than one way, especially over 16 years. Then I showed you that in Acts 13, the Apostle Paul with Barnabas were praying and fasting and ministering to the Lord. Now remember, this is really important. The Apostle Paul was not yet planting churches. He was at a local church called the church at Antioch and he was teaching and discipling. He was ministering in his gift faithfully. It's very important. He was already doing ministry. And so in that context of prayer and worship and serving the Lord in community, by the way, right? In community, in the Word, some prophets prophesy. The Holy Spirit said through some prophets, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the ministry I've called them to. They'd already been called to that ministry. They already knew that they were to plant churches among Gentiles. 
They knew that they were to preach the gospel to Gentiles. They'd already got this sense of planting churches, they, though they wouldn't use that term, planting churches. And, and so they knew it, and all of a sudden, prophets said, now's the time. Holy Spirit, through these prophets, said, go out, it's time to leave, right? So Paul and Barnabas go out, and they plant churches for a number of months. They go out, and they preach the gospel, and they plant churches. They establish elders, and they come back to Antioch. They came back to Antioch. It's kind of like a short-term mission trip that we would send somebody out and they would come back. So they, they sent them out and then they came back. So then the next thing that they did is they, they, Paul and Barnes were talking and they said, hey, let's go back and strengthen the brothers. Let's go back and strengthen the churches and, uh, and go back to them. Okay, so they, so they decide to do that, but they get into an argument. Okay, if you remember, some of you remember this, Paul uh, didn't want to take John Mark, Barnabas did, so John, uh, Paul and Barnes had a very uh, big argument and they split ways. Barnabas took John Mark, and Paul took Silas. Okay? There's more behind all that and how they did that. But you know, it's kind of a bad thing that they split, maybe a good thing too, right? So they split into two different directions, and Paul goes back to the churches that he had first planted. And he goes up into, you know, basically what's modern-day Turkey now, and after strengthening the churches that he'd already been to, he begins to move on. It's just kind of how Paul is. He just kind of, well, let's go plant some more churches, right? And he goes on, and he's, he wants to go into other cities to preach the gospel and plant some more churches. And as he's going, remember, he already knows this is his calling. How? Because God told him and showed him from the Bible, yeah? He already knows that this is what he's supposed to do. So he moves forward based on principles. He moves forward based upon what he knows is the calling of God in his life. And then in the midst of that, In Acts 16, something interesting happens. Verse 6. Now, when they had gone through uh, Phrygia, probably said that wrong, and the region of Galatia, listen, it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Asia Minor, like I said, modern-day Turkey, around that area. And it says this in verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, another region, But the Spirit did not permit them. But the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Let's stop there for a second. What's going on there? So many Christians, because they don't understand the witness of the Spirit and how the Spirit leads, they assume that those verses are referring to circumstances. That is not in any way what's going on there. It doesn't say that, 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 oh, they just couldn't, they couldn't go there. They physically couldn't go there or something, some circumstance resists them. No, it says a very, very specific language there, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit did not allow them to go there. Okay? If I say to Nancy, I forbid you, I would never do this, right? I forbid you to leave this room. Right? I do not permit you to leave. Do you see what I'm saying? No, it's very clear that it was not circumstances. It was not opening closed doors. No, this is one of these verses that unless you understand how the Spirit leads, you'll miss that as he's going along thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to go preach the gospel. Okay, you guys, let's go over here. Let's go to Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit said, no. Now, did he use words? Did they sense it? We have no idea. We don't know. Somehow, the Holy Spirit communicated to them, you are not to go there right now. See, the Holy Spirit will at times say, yep, go for it, and maybe you'll just sense that green light, you'll sense a yes in your spirit or something. Or, sometimes we use the word, I felt a check in my spirit, you know? 
you don't have to use that word, it's just kind of Christianese, but people will say, I just sense like a, mm, no. Well, that's what's going on here. So the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul is moving forward to plant churches because God called him to do it. The Holy Spirit says, no, don't go there. And what's very interesting is later, he ends up in Asia in a city called Ephesus, and it's his greatest ministry. So it's interesting, isn't it? Now see, if he, was le- if, he was, if he was only led by principles, he would have just gone. If he was only led by his own human reasoning, he would have gone. But not only did he have the word of the Lord over his life, but he was being led by the Spirit on specific details. This is what I'm trying to say, that oftentimes for specific details, for discerning direction in your life, the Holy Spirit will not always give you uh, a word or a dream or a vision or a prophetic word. He will oftentimes witness to your spirit and give you a nudge or a prompting. I was thinking about it like this is, we do this in relationships all the time, don't we? All right, my son's eat a, ate a good dinner. He already had a brownie. I'm in a conversation. My son doesn't want to interrupt me. He's over here and I'm over there. And he looks at me with longing eyes. And with his eyes, he points to the brownies. And with his little his mouth kind of curls up a little. And he kind of gets this little sheepish grin like, I want another brownie, right? And I know that that's what he wants because I'm his dad. And what do I do? I just do this. I just nod. Or if I feel like, you know, they didn't have a good dinner, I make a real sour face on my face and I go, and I point at his food. It happens, right? We don't always have to communicate with words as human beings, do we? We can sense things. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is not unlike that. I mean, he's not a human. But I'm telling you, the Lord, he'll nudge you, he'll wink you, he'll wink at you. He, he wants you to catch some things, and he does not always use words. And if you expect him to, or you require him to, you'll miss a lot of what the Lord wants to do in your life. And if you think that, because I didn't feel the woo-woo feelings. I, I've talked to people before where people are like, well, I don't really hear God, and, and, and I'm asking them questions like, well, what, what do you mean by that? And then in the midst of the conversation, they tell me how they were reading the Bible, and they, quote-unquote, realized that that was their struggle, and that they don't need to believe that lie anymore, and this is the truth. And I'm listening to them, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait. You just told me that as you're reading the Bible, you realize some lie you're not supposed to believe and some truth you need to believe. You just heard God. And they're like, I, I didn't hear God. You just received something from the Lord through the Bible. And I said, I said you just, but you didn't feel anything, did you? He said, no. I said, do you think that I always do? And they were like, well, yeah, I thought you were supposed to like. I said, no. And I start realizing, to be honest with you, I start realizing that so many of us have my misconceptions, not just that, you know, you know, like, God loves me, wants to speak to me. But I think we have misconceptions that it's supposed to feel like, woo, God. It does not always feel like that. And in fact, sometimes those emotions are not always God. Just because you feel excited or not excited about something doesn't mean it's God or not God. Just because circumstances don't line up doesn't mean it's God or not God. So notice then that it says here about Paul that uh, verse 9 uh, the answer is comes, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now listen to the vision. A man of Macedonia, so he must have known by his 
ethnicity, his dress, that kind of a thing, stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we, referring to Luke who was with him, sought to go to Macedonia, listen, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Very interesting, isn't it? Jesus did not come to him in a vision. An angel did not come to him in a vision. It was a man. Now, did they ever meet this man? I don't know. Was this just like a, a representative vision, or did he actually see an actual human being in a vision and then go meet that guy? Maybe. It's very possible. God does that kind of stuff. But either way, he sees this vision, and in the vision, the guy's saying, help us, basically, you know, spiritually, help us. And Paul concludes, why does Paul conclude that? Because he figures that he's supposed to preach the gospel. Does it make sense? He's already resolved in his heart, dude, I'm going to go plant some churches. Lord, where do you want me to go? No, no, come on, Lord, where do you want me to go? And then he has this vision, and he concludes it wasn't the bad food last night, right? He concludes, I'm seeking the will of God, and God has just given me a clue or a hint or a nudge. Does it make sense? God does speak in dreams and in visions and such. And obviously, the Apostle Paul had to be in tune with the Spirit to know when not to do things and when to do things. And I believe this is one of those verses when it says they concluded that it proves to me that those of us walking in the Spirit and made in the image of God, that God wants us to work in concert with Him, in partnership. You're not a robot. You're His kid partnering with Him. And He does want you to use your intellect, your Holy Spirit, God-given, sanctified intellect. He wants you to think, but he doesn't want you to do it in your own understanding. See, sometimes we're like, okay, do not lean on your own understanding. Oh, that means be really dumb. No, it means, Lord, I'm just checking in with you. God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go? And as God reveals things to you, principles from the Word of God, as you sense things in your spirit, you're going to have to come to a conclusion. You've got to step out and risk, don't you? If you're always waiting for the angel to show up, you won't step out and go for it. We've got to be willing to have the Lord speak to us from these various ways. Oh, it's the same thing like in Acts 13 when the Holy Spirit said through the prophets, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the ministry I've called them to. What if Paul was like, well, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, that was just Bob. No, it wasn't. It was Holy Spirit through the prophets. It wasn't Bob. I don't remember what their names were. All right, so check this out. Let's keep going here. And... Later, Paul ends up in Ephesus, like I said, and he has the most impactful ministry of his life. And I, I love it. It's one of my most favorite, favorite, um, uh, favorite chapters in Acts 19, where the gospel spreads all throughout uh, Asia, and churches are planted in a ton of villages, and it's powerful ministry, and transformation happens. Okay? Now, I'm going to pick up the story after uh, the major part of that happens in verse 21. So the gospel spreads all over that region. Churches are planted. The power of God comes down. There's massive repentance and revival. I mean, it's not the end of what God did, but it was just this massive outpouring. And in verse 21, it says, when these things were accomplished, when these things were accomplished. And so Paul had set out to to see some things finished, and he had finished that part. And listen to what happens. It says, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit. Very interesting phrase, isn't it? Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Acacia 
to go to Jerusalem, and listen to what he said, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Now, you're going to find out here in a second how important that must is. He doesn't say that lightly. Okay? Do you remember in James chapter 4 where it says, don't be like people that say, well, I'm going to go here and I'm going to buy and I'm going to sell and I'm going to do my business over here and I'm going to go to that city. He says, don't be like that people in James 4. He says, but say, if the Lord wills. Now, too many Christians, they interpret that verse to mean circumstances. Again, this is what I'm trying to say. If you don't understand the Bible, if you don't read that these people had a real relationship with God, then you read James chapter 4 and you say, well, if the Lord wills. And you have a passive, circumstantial faith. You react to circumstances. Well, if the Lord opens the door, if the Lord closes the door, if the Lord wills. No, that's not what it's saying. Paul, all throughout the Bible, you can know God's will. You can ask God, God, what do you want me to do? You can stop and say, Lord, I acknowledge you in all my ways, and I thank you that you'll direct my path. You can be led by the Spirit. So the Apostle Paul is like this. And he does not reason in his own human nature. He's a good model to us that here in Acts, he sees the gospel impact Asia, and he purposes in the Spirit, in the Spirit. Now, I'm convinced, and you'll see here how this plays out, I'm convinced that he sensed something in his Spirit from the Holy Spirit. This is one of those phrases where the Holy Spirit witnessed to his Spirit, and he purposed. It's very important that he sensed something in the Spirit and he stepped out and he said, I'm going to do it. Now listen, we have no evidence here and, and I'm convinced he did not have a dream or a vision or, or a word or a prophetic word. He, it doesn't say that. It says he purposed in his Spirit. In his Spirit. Something in his He knew I, I need to do something. And what is it that he needed to do? After I have been to Jerusalem, I must go to Rome. He knew two things. I've got to go to Jerusalem, and then I've got to go to Rome. He knew that. Something inside of him. Maybe he saw it in the Spirit. Sometimes, you know, Jesus said, I only do the things that I see my Father do. Maybe he saw it in the Spirit. Maybe he had a sense. Maybe he had an understanding. This is what happens. Happens in my life often. You just kind of know it, or you sense it. And what does he do? He sets out. He goes over to, he goes back over to Greece area, and then he heads down to Jerusalem. And on his way to Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 20 and 21, every single city he goes to, people who are Christians, who hear from the Holy Spirit, tell him not to go to Jerusalem. Very, very interesting. Now, if it said they were in the flesh and they told him not to go to Jerusalem, then we could just say, eh, they were in the flesh. But they were in the Spirit. It says, for example... In uh, <clears throat> well, actually, uh, before that, in Acts chapter twenty, verse twenty-two, Paul actually says of himself, "And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me." So what happened was, he it says he was bound in the Spirit, meaning that he had sensed something from the Spirit, and he knew I've got to go to Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden, as he's going from city to city people prophetically from the Holy Spirit were warning him, you're going to be imprisoned in Jerusalem. So he knew that was going to happen. It says the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. And then he even goes on and gives an example of that uh, later on in 21, when it says that they, 21.4, they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. 
through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit not know what he wants Paul to do? Is the Holy Spirit confused? Or is the author of the book of Acts confused? No, not at all. Here's what's going on. Paul knew he had to go to Jerusalem. But guess how he found out he was going to get imprisoned? Prophecy. Now listen, if you don't know how to discern the will of God, you'll hear the prophetic word and you'll say, oh, I'm not supposed to go to Jerusalem. Later, this prophet named Agabus literally takes Paul's belt, ties his own hands up and says, the owner of this belt will be tied like this. They were trying to tell Paul, the Holy Spirit was actually prophesying to Paul, you're going to be imprisoned. That was true. The problem was that these Christians were trying to interpret God's will as don't go to Jerusalem. Listen, every single Christian only sees in part. You see in part, I see in part. And so Paul knew he had to go, but he didn't know he was going to be bound in prison. They saw in the Spirit that he was going to be imprisoned. They could see it in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was telling them. I think the Holy Spirit was warning Paul and helping him get ready. The problem was these Christians thought self-preservation, comfort, protection. Paul thought, I'm preaching the gospel here. He told me to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to Jerusalem. So he literally tells them, you guys, I already know that. And I'm ready not only to be in prison, but to die. That's what he told them. Do you see, this is a man who has his priorities straight. This is a man who walks in the Spirit. This is a man who knew how to discern, no, God told me to go to Jerusalem even if what they're saying is true. What's interesting, though, is they were both right. They were both right. Now, here's what happens. He does get into imprisonment. I'm going to wrap it up here pretty soon here. He does get imprisoned. He does get beaten. And when he's in prison... Early on, like within that night, like the first night he's in prison, at that night, Jesus comes to him at night and says to him, just as you preach the gospel, you will go to Rome. Or he actually, Jesus actually uses the same word that Paul uses, you must go to Rome. You must go to Rome. Now listen, that was the first time that Paul had this prophetic word, this specific clear thing from Jesus. Now why? I I want you to see that Paul, all he needed was the leading of the Spirit to step out and move in a direction. So why is it that Jesus waited to show up in a vision at night to tell him you must go to Rome until he was in prison? I think you could probably figure it out because he needed some encouragement. Right? In fact, Paul stays in prison for a couple of years. See, why is it that God will give you these like profound experiences at times, some of us? How is it that, why is it that God will sometimes speak very, 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 very clearly, like audibly? Because you need it. Because you need it to make that decision. Or oftentimes you need it because you're going to have to hold on to it while you're waiting. See, what happened was Paul was going to have to wait in prison for a couple of years, and he goes to Rome not as a free man, but as a slave. I mean, as a prisoner. He goes to Rome in chains. And God needed to tell Paul, you're going to be okay. I'm going to get you to Rome. You're not going to die. I mean, he's in a full-on shipwreck. And Paul knew, I'm not going to die. See, when you have a word from God, like you must preach the gospel in Rome, well, I'm not going to die. You see what I'm saying? Paul reasoned, I'm not going to die. But I want you to understand that he didn't need, and, and you can look at this throughout other people in the Bible, 
But God does not always speak like that. He does not always speak audibly. He does not always make it so painfully clear with angels and such. Even when you have dreams, you need the witness of the Spirit to interpret it. When you have a prophetic word, you need the witness of the Spirit to, to interpret it. And so you, you can be led by the Spirit as the Spirit witnesses to you. Now this is how many things in my life have happened. Now there have been times where I've heard clearly from God to do something. But most of the major decisions in my life were made based upon the witness of the Spirit. You know, I've had a young person ask me one time, oh, so when, when, you, when you married Michelle, like, did you like hear God? You must have heard God, kind of was the question. You must have like heard God to marry Michelle. Because, you know, it's a big decision, right? And I said, hmm, nope. Didn't. What happened was, we're friends and we like each other, and I'm seeking the Lord's will. I'm asking God for His will. Now, now, first off, she's a woman of God who fears the Lord, and so according to Scripture, hey, this stuff is good, right? I mean, this is good. And of course, personally, we definitely liked each other. I could not see myself uh, living without her. So, I mean, you got the interpersonal yay, right? And, and then you've got, you've got the biblical foundation, right? I mean, if, if she was not a godly woman then no, the answer would be no until she realigned her life with the Lord, right? But she was a godly woman. I was seeking the Lord. Okay, so we got some things solidified. But my goodness, I was, I was afraid, right? I was afraid of commitment. What if this is, you know, you don't know, by the way, you don't know how somebody's going to be 10 years from now. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know the future. You don't know you. You don't know. You just don't know. You don't know. So I was afraid, and that makes it very difficult, by the way, to discern the will of God. Even if God had said something to me, you can only pick these things up when you're walking in the Spirit, walking by faith. And so, I mean, already I'm a little bit like, oh, fear, da, 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 going back and forth, okay? But in the midst of that, as I spent time with the Lord, and it wasn't like one time, but as I spent time with the Lord, as I sought the Lord, and you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, as I did that, I sensed the witness in my spirit. And that is enough. Biblically speaking, you can make major decisions based upon the witness of the Spirit as it aligns with the Word of God. This is in no way, right, a, a you find loopholes in the Bible and sin because you've had a witness. No, of course not. You guys know that. But I discerned in my spirit this is right. So then what did I do? I stepped out in risk-taking faith. I was scared. And I said, nope, this is it. And I proposed to her, and the Lord blinded her, and she married me, right? <laughs> you can tell her I said that later. She's, uh, she's serving the kids. Listen, but after I stepped out in faith, that fear went away because I made a decision. The fear was not from God. That was just the struggle. That was all that. And as I stepped out in faith, it became even more clear from the Lord. That fear went away, and the joy. Oh, I had so much joy as we headed towards the marriage and, and, and wedding, and even though there was conflict, and then, and then on my wedding day, just so much joy, knowing, 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 knowing this was the Lord, knowing this was the Lord. And even as I reflect backwards, have I heard God about our marriage? Yeah, I actually have. As I reflected backwards, the Lord had spoken to me, but it was hard sometimes to really hear that or know it was God. Listen, even becoming the pastor of this church, 
I did not hear God with words. Dave Metzger is leaving. I need to make a decision and I bring it before the Lord. And already God had told us to stay here. He had already been doing things. I mean, even my decision to remain here for years and and serve in this community was a, a leading of the Spirit. Not always words, but a leading of the Spirit. And then, and then it came to a point when I had to make a decision, and I, igno- I, I sought the Lord, and I sensed, yeah, this is right. This is it. This is, the, this is the next season. And it's not until I made that decision and went out in the leading of the Spirit that then like three confirmations came. Oftentimes prophetic words are that way. A, a man came who was not a part of our church. He, doesn't, he didn't know anything, and I don't think we had told anyone yet. There was still some transition going on. And he comes up to me, and he says that there's change coming for you, and it's the Lord. And he said a couple of other things. Well, that's kind of confirming, isn't it? Right? And there was a couple of other confirmations. But I did not hear like the audible voice of God about this church until even a couple of years ago. Two years ago. But I stepped out in faith because the Holy Spirit was leading. I already knew that I was called to be a pastor. I already knew that. Does it make sense? And you begin to put two and two together, right? Like the Apostle Paul, I'm moving in this direction. The Holy Spirit said no. Holy Spirit said no. I had a vision. That's the Lord, right? He's preaching the gospel in Asia, and he senses something in his spirit. Man, I need to go to Jerusalem. Man, I need to go to Rome. And he purposes in his spirit. And then all of a sudden, he gets these prophetic words, and he says, nope, I discern from the Lord. I'm going to keep going. You can hear from God. You can be led by the Lord. Many times, the Lord wants to give you revelation in the Word. But what it'll look like first is it'll give you a prompting. Oftentimes, the Lord will just prompt me to read a portion of Scripture. He'll just prompt me, and I'll just read it. And oftentimes, that Scripture He'll speak to me from, or maybe that Scripture becomes really important for the next breakthrough in my life. But it's just a prompting. Just a prompting. I'll just think, oh, I feel like reading this chapter today. I'll read it. I'll keep reading it. You oftentimes, you've got to be led by those promptings in order for you to get going in the right direction. And oftentimes, the Lord will confirm it, but you've got to get going. Amen? All right. Jen, lead us in response.